Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hello and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. The intention of this podcast is to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle. I'm 42 and expecting baby number two, while my son, Alexandre, is one and a half years old. Today, we are talking about simple and easy organizing tip for the busy parents. Let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hey everyone, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am 40 years old and my son Hudson is also a year and a half. Hello everyone, I'm Rowena List, founder of gettingittogether.ca. I'm a professional organizer, co-active coach, and a speaker. And I'm here to share some hot tips on how to get organized for your family. Well, thank you, uh, Rowena, for being here. Thank you, Heather. Let's dive into this topic. If her children have too much stuff, Rowena, where should we begin? Well, most children have too much stuff. Wouldn't you all agree? Definitely. And so yeah. <laughs> you want to start in the area that's bugging you the most. So the area where there's probably the majority of stuff, maybe it's in the clothes or maybe it's in the toys or the books, but you pick that one area that's really bugging you the most and then you start in that area. And what about the era of all this artwork that our children comes back from school with? Oh, yeah, there's so much artwork these days, isn't there? And, you know, you want to be careful because your child is, you know, might be the next Picasso. And so what I suggest to the, the moms and the dads and, and the grandparents is that you put the artwork up maybe on a string for the week. And you, you post the, the artwork up on that string. And then you take a picture of your child standing beside that artwork. And then you select one picture from the week. And then at the end of the month, you've got four pictures. And from those four pictures, you keep one. And so now by the end of the year, you have 12 pictures that you've kept. And from those 12, you now keep one. And so you keep one of their prize possessions, pictures for the whole year in, you know, a scrapbook or in a memorabilia box. In the meantime, what you can do with those pieces of art that you're not going to keep, you can use those to make greeting cards to send to the grandparents, or you can use it as gift wrap when you're going to a birthday party, and then you just wrap up the presents with that artwork. The main thing is never let your child see you recycling or getting rid of their artwork because, of course, they don't understand the process. But you know what? They're not going to want all that artwork when they leave the house after they've graduated. <laughs> I think my mother had to bug me for I don't know how many years to actually come and pick up all my boxes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's a great idea. You're using mm -hmm. it for uh, wrapping paper, right? Yeah, I love that idea. Totally. Something then uh, my husband and I are a little bit struggling with right now, yeah. a lot of things Then my son is already out of, especially clothes, a lot of clothing. The shell, you know, the car seat shell is in the garage right now. Like, what do we do with all this stuff? Well, you know, if you know you're going to have another baby, like for an example, you're already pregnant, then you know how close your children are going to be. But if you're not sure when you're going to have your next child 
then I suggest that you loan those things out to other mums and then ask them for them back when they're done with it because there's so much inventory out there in the baby world that's sitting in everybody's homes. And, you know, let's take cribs for an example. You might keep a crib for a year or two years, three years before you have another child. And then lo and behold, you find out that that crib has been recalled because it wasn't safe for, well, the child that already slept in it. And so then you don't want to put your new baby into that crib because you're thinking, okay, they've come out with something that's better. And so in the meantime, that crib could be used for for a child you know, back in the day, it could be used for that child of your girlfriend or your sister or a neighbor or somebody that's in need. So the key here is that nothing takes on value unless it's being used. Nothing Mm -hmm. takes on value unless it's being used. And so pass it around and then have it come back and do kind of like a, a trade, a consignment, a swap type of an idea with all the other moms and dads. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And you can help a lot of people in need, like you said, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What if our significant other is not as organized as we are? Do you have any good tip for us? I'm sure we can all use a good tip here. <laughs> That's probably one of the questions I get asked the most is that, you know, I live with a clutter bug. What shall I do? And so you can only lead by example. The number one rule of thumb is that you do not discard anybody else's stuff unless they've given you permission to. So don't go into your significant others, your partners, your husband, your wife, your roommate's room and start tossing out, you know, shoes or purses or ties or any of that sort of stuff because they have an emotional attachment to that stuff. And you wouldn't like it if somebody did that to you. So you can only lead by example, and you might want to direct them to my website, (laughs) gettingittogether.ca, or give them my CD as a gift, uh, or get them to read some of my blogs. But, you know, the thing is, is that you can only do your part. And, And even so as a parent, it's so important to lead by example, because if your children are messy and not putting their things away, or your teenagers have really messy rooms... They might say, well, gee, you know, look at the rest of our house. So lead by example, first and foremost. I think when I was younger, I did go through a phase of a lot of chaos in my room and stuff. Oh my gosh, me and my clothes (laughs) everywhere, always. And I unfortunately haven't. I've grown out of it a little bit more. Now I have a big bedroom. I actually have space for everything to go away. But when we were in a condo, we still had... I had way too many things and not enough places to put them all. And yeah, so I'm getting better though. Gradually. So I guess a good question here <laughs> is like Heather's just talking about is if we live in a small space, mm-hmm. should we rent a storage with the extra stuff or should we think about moving? Like what happened if it's too small or give us some tips here. Right, Genevieve. Well, (laughs) I'm sure you can well imagine my thoughts on outside storage. Uh, I do not believe in outside storage unless you're in a temporary move or you're doing some renovations. But again, if you put things into storage, those items are not taking on any extra value and you're spending, you know, $100 a month or more for storing things that you're not using. So the bottom line is that we only use 20% of all of our items 
80% of the time. So we're wearing 20% of our clothes 80% of the time. Our kids are playing with 20% of their toys 80% of the time. So what are we playing with? The favorite things, the things that are easy to tidy up with. We're wearing things that are clean and fit us now at this time that are appropriate. And so this is where you need to get ruthless. And you need to say, if this item was lost in a flood or a fire, would I replace it? And if you have a resounding, yes, I would, then you know that's an item you're going to keep. If you say, "Mm, I don't know, you know, it kind of doesn't fit, or I want to fit into it one day, or, you know, and you you start going down this story, then it's time for that item to be passed on. For me, when I decided to get ruthless with my clothes one day, um, I started to realize that, you know, I had been holding on to my skinny clothes or my fat clothes, <laughs> all those types of things. And then I was realizing that before I would even get into them or either way, like they would be going out of style anyways. Mm-hmm. Like that's the other thing. Like they go out of style. You're not going to actually wear them again, even if I did fit in. I remember getting back into a pair of jeans. I'm like, these are like flared and it's skinny jeans now. It's <laughs> like, yeah. I wouldn't even wear these even though I can wear them. And I did get really ruthless that time. And I got nine full garbage bags oh my God. to donate. It to was, donate. It felt amazing. <laughs> Yeah. So cleansing. When you're pregnant, then all of a sudden you need to buy new clothes and then you're not pregnant anymore, but you still, I call it half pregnant still at the beginning, right? So you're still wearing a little bit of your maternity clothes. And then after that, I had to actually to buy more things because I wasn't back into my, all my clothing that I had prior to be pregnant. And the body shape changes a little too, so it doesn't it always fit the same, and stuff. Right? So, and, and, but because I was still breastfeeding too, right? So, I mean, the boobage uh, <laughs> didn't go back exactly the way that... It took a long time, actually, when I was completely finished breastfeeding two months after that. Things came back a little bit closer, and I hear it never really go back to normal. Anyways, everybody's different, right? Yeah. So I had to buy new things, and I was looking in my closet, and we happened to move. So there's a lot of things that actually didn't come with me, but it was hard because you don't know what kind of shape after maybe you're going to be yeah. like in and, and, and you still don't know until you're done breastfeeding. So this is a, like a big gap of time. It's almost like two years of close cluttering, I would call it. <laughs> well, and the other thing too, Genevieve, is that, you know, people are so attached to the fact that they paid money for it. So they feel that if it stays in their closet, that the money's staying in their closet. But the mindset, of course, is that the money left your pocket the moment that you purchased it. So by keeping the item, you're not keeping any more money in your pocket. And why not have amongst all the mums have, again, a swap? So, you know, twice a year, have a big clothing swap where you can bring your maternity clothes and your pre and post baby clothes and, you know, switch around. And that way, I do that with my girlfriends twice a year now and I hardly ever go shopping. Like you will probably never catch me in the mall. And so this way I can just get a new piece that's been worn by a friend, gently used. But the other neat thing is that when you're wearing that piece of clothing, you feel like you have that friend kind of wrapped around you as well. Oh, that's a good way of doing it. Yeah. You should do that, Heather. <laughs> Very fun. Yeah. <laughs> Invite a bunch of uh, yeah. her friends. and uh, Do it with the moms and do it with the babies. The clothing yeah. swap with oh, the babies. Cl- baby stuff. Yeah. Like, there's some things I actually, 
Alex maybe worn once or as a new mom, I put all the stuff like zero to three together and three to six together. And then I realized when I got to three to six, some of the items were actually really small. Yeah. So I, I missed it. Not, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the size have, isn't exactly what it says. Yeah. yeah. So you can't really just rely on the ticket. No. Oh, there's a few items that was really nice and you didn't wear. You didn't wear. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, if we wanted to get our children to help us? get organized. Do you have any ideas, any tips for us? I got some great ideas for oh, for, yeah. for all of the busy parents out there. You know, it's time for the kids to pick up their toys. So let's just backtrack a moment because, you know, you want to have zones for your children. So you want to have a zone where they play because if there's toys all over the house and you say to them, go play with your toys, they don't know if they should go to that zone, that zone, or their room, or wherever the toys are, if they're all over. So I suggest having a zone for toys. And then when it's time for them to help you get organized and pick up the toys, it's much better for kids if you give them you know, a little basket and you say, go pick up all your red toys, or go pick up all your books or go pick up all your dolls or your trucks. So you really get specific and you give them one task at a time. So they go and pick up, let's just say all their trucks and they come back and then, you know, you you praise them, you put the trucks away in the area they're supposed to, then you give them the empty basket back and say, okay, now go pick up all of your Lego or whatever it is that they're playing with. And then you bring that back to, to the parent and then the parent can put it away. The bottom line is the less stuff the easier it is to be organized. You know, a lot of us grew up with one stuffed animal or one doll or one truck. That was so easy for our parents to keep us organized and keep the house organized. But if children have, you know, 50 stuffed animals, then they, you know, they want to pull them all out and start playing with them. Well, then it just takes way longer to put all that stuff away. And they get overstimulated too, I believe. And touching on what Rowena said from an educational side, the children are working their sorting skills by doing that. Not only are you getting things cleaned up, but you're actually, you're actually working on an actual developmental skill with your children. You know, at Jimbree, when we were working with the children, before we went on to another thing, we would definitely have everybody clean up. And it was potentially if we had blocks and magnets out, you know, then the children were having to also look, okay, that's where the blocks go and this is where the magnets go. And so they're working in those sorting skills. So it's helpful, but it's also a learning activity as well. I have put together a cleanup song and I'm not a singer, but it's like, clean up, clean up. We clean up the stuff, whatever we do. And then I mix it and I just go around and... A song always helps, definitely. A song helps, but Alex will pick up his little like foam blocks nice. and we put him in there. He's probably copying everything I'm doing because he's exactly. one right but now. But make it a game. Make it a game when yeah. they're young and then... He loves yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. sing that little cleanup song with your children. <laughs> Something that I wanted to talk about, what about if some parents are totally overwhelmed around dinner time? Um, How can we get organized around dinner time? Well, this is probably happening in most homes around us. You know, people are rushing in from work and picking up kids from daycare and then kids are, you know, heading off to activities. So, you know, it's nothing new. Do your meal planning and do it on, you know, one day. It's not, it doesn't even take all day. You know, it doesn't take that long to prepare like a big pot of pasta sauce or some stew or, um, you know, a casserole and have that in your fridge ready to go for dinner time. 
Or the other thing too, that I really encourage parents to do is, you know, maybe if the the mums are staying home for the first little while is for them to get together one day and do a big cook together and then share everything. So, you know, Genevieve, you're in charge of chili and you make a big, huge pot of chili and put it into little containers and you share it with Heather and with the other mums. And then in the meantime, Heather's making, you know, a big pasta and then she's sharing that. So again, it's, you know, that collaboration, keeping it simple. So most households will eat about 10 different meals throughout the course of a month. They just rotate them. You might have grown up with, you know, every Sunday was roast beef and Yorkshire pudding. And then on Monday, your mom took that and turned it into shepherd's pie. And then on Tuesday was, you know, meatloaf and so on and so forth. And so what I suggest is that people take their 10 most favorite meals and they rotate those throughout the entire month. So week one and week three, you're eating the same things. And week two and week four, you're eating those same things. And then you keep rotating like that, mm-hmm. right? You just keep rotating. And, you know, when I bring home my produce, I clean it all right away and cut it and prepare it. It doesn't take that long. You know, it might seem like it does because you've got so much overwhelm going on in your mind and, you know, people vying for your attention and, and you know, babies crying and this, that and that. Well, of course, you've got to take care of all of that first. But if you set aside half an hour of uninterrupted focus time, you can clean all your produce, cut it and put it in your fridge ready to go for the week. And then you have healthy snacks ready to go as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And the, the slow cookers that are out these days, they're easy as well too. You know, you just put a whole bunch of stuff in those and pl- put it on low for the day and it's done at the end of the day. So it's more so when our minds are really full and overwhelmed and cluttered that we feel that doing these tasks take much longer than they actually do. And what about all the piles that we're doing, right? I'm the piler. My piles are super organized, right? I know exactly what's in it. It drives my husband crazy, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Any tips around that? Well, Genevieve, for an example, what is in one of your piles? Well, things that need to be paid, prescription and I have to go get for my son, or there are important things and I why I keep it there, it's because it's a bit of a reminder, I need to do this. Yeah, you don't want it to be out of sight, out of mind. You exactly, right? So, it's... and I need to do where my things are, but, and when they're done, they're done, the pile is gone too, mm-hmm. but I don't know, I don't even know if you have like some tips around that. I know some people I've seen around like the piles or I don't think so they go down. They're just always there, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the, I call them the pilots. Oh, pi- I love that. Pi- they're piles everywhere. Um, well, I created a one to 31 organizing system and it's a binder that is on my website, gettingittogether.ca. And it's a, a place to keep your children's school notices Um, prescription reminders, bills that need to be paid, notices that you need to to read, movie tickets or concert tickets that maybe you've purchased in advance, or even, you know, if you're taking your family to Disneyland, all the information that you've got around that. And it goes into this binder and it's sort of a pull forward binder. So each day there's a tab and you can, you know, that's where you would put the things that you're going to deal with on that particular day. And then at the back are January through to December. So you can put things in there that you need to deal with at um, later date. And there's also a master shopping list in there. So you can take that and go grocery shopping. There's a way to keep track of everybody's birthday. 
And there's also a weekly plan sheet in there. And this is what I like to do when I'm coaching my parents is that, you know, let's work with a weekly plan sheet that we color code so that that way everybody knows what activity each person's doing and it keeps the family organized. Are you a, a piler, Heather? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to your place. I've seen some piles. <laughs> Especially when I wasn't there for the whole month of September. So oh, yeah. the piles were left for me. And yeah, and we've been having lots of fun with podcasts and I've been really busy. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, and oh, really important papers can get lost in those piles. They can. Oh, so, yes. yes. Been there, done that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I get these frantic phone calls of like, Rowena, I've lost my passport and birth certificate. Can you come over and get me organized? And it's in one of these many, many boxes of papers and piles and so forth. So, you know, it's important to keep your important papers and documents well organized in the event that of a flood or a fire or an emergency, and you want to be able to grab those important papers and go. One thing that I do, because actually for me, filing every month wouldn't work. So what I have done is I have my little pile there of things that needs to be basically done in the next week or two. This is like basic immediate things. Other than that, everything gets basically put in into an area of to be filed. And I file once a year, but all, when the stuff gets in the, pot, in the file, in the place of needs to be filed it's because it's completely done it's paid it says paid on it and then once a year and I usually I do this actually a little bit after January 1st so I know myself January 1st the new year I need to file so and honestly it maybe takes me one hour Mm -hmm. to file one year because everything that's there it's important everything that is not important is not making it to my year to be filed and, and uh, so for me, it's a system that worked for me because don't have to file every single month, right? <laughs> and I do find more and more with all the talking about bills, uh, you can subscribe to having your bill online instead of having papers. Or most important, to, to try and go paperless as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so bad with that. Are you? I miss bills that are on my email because I'm not a big emailer. So I'm terrible. I forget they are to me out of sight and out of mind. But when I have a paper bill sitting on the counter, I pay it. But you know what you can do is actually if you have it set up with your credit card, you can I have know. it paid directly. So you don't even have to think about exactly. it Exactly. And I really right? should probably just do that because <laughs> then it's just it's the much, one bill that I'm yeah. thinking about. And yeah, you'll get it. As a reminder in your yeah. email, and then you know it's going to be on your next credit card bill, right. and then you know it's it's rolling, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and what's important with that, though, ladies, is that you make sure that you pay your credit card off in full. Because if yes. you've got your phone bill automatically um, billed to your credit card, and you're not paying your credit card off every single month, you're now, you know, right. get a lot of interest on that phone bill unnecessarily. Definitely. So you know, you can have it where it comes onto your credit card if you pay that off in full. And then your bank can even just pay your credit card every single month. You can have that set up where it's a direct payment. So it, it can all just run smoothly. But you know what happens is people say to me, well, what if they make a mistake? I want to look at the actual bill. Very, very rarely, and yes, there are cases where there are mistakes, but very rarely are there. But you should be doing your due diligence for sure and checking, you know, once a month just to make sure that everything that's coming through on your credit card or through your bills is indeed yours and, and you know, your expenses. I think yeah. you really mm-hmm. have to look. Yeah. I mean, we, have you ever had anything weird on your credit card bill? 
On my credit card, no, but I have been wrongly charged with different like cable bills, that sort of thing. We've had some weird things that way that I was able to catch and go, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> yeah, no. and then fixed it. So I always kind of make sure I glance at bills and make sure they're correct. But Because um, I had, yeah, uh, it happened to me all of a sudden. Yeah. I've got like, I think it was $10,000 of traveling oh and I was not even anywhere, right? So oh, close reminds, to that. Yeah. Well, the bank, the kind, the couple times that it did happen, the bank actually called me and said, did you mm-hmm. buy this or that? I'm like, no. <laughs> so they caught it before I even had a chance to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that was actually good. Anyways, my question is, how do you keep the fridge organized? For me, I find we get things that, that hide in the back or expiration dates that we miss. And is there any tips to keeping the fridge organized? Yes, the fridge. Well, you want to clean out your fridge probably about every seven to 10 days. So when you do a big grocery shop, you know, just pull out the things that are hiding in the back, the science projects, as I call them, (laughs) the things that are in unmarked containers. So I have all clear containers, all the exact same size, clear containers that I store leftovers in so that that way everybody can see what's in the fridge. And then Everything that's in there that's in a container that, say, for an example, you know, I've got like hemp seeds and sunflower seeds and so forth, you know, label those so that everybody knows what they are. And it's not like a mystery when you open it up. But then you want to clear out your things. And if you, you know, the expiry dates on things are so small. So what I do when I put in, say, for an example, if I put in a jar of mayonnaise on the top of the lid, I write in Sharpie the date that I put it in the fridge because that's when I've opened it. So then, you know, six months from now, if it's still sitting there and, you know, we haven't used very much or, it, you know, it's past the expiry date, then I know I can see on the top of the lid. It just makes it a lot easier at a glance. But it also makes it easier, too, because as your children get older, you're going to want to have them helping you with these tasks Or if you've got somebody that comes into your home, you know, maybe your mother or your mother-in-law wants to clear out your fridge, then, you know, that's something that they can do. So one of the things that I did for my girlfriend when she was pregnant, her baby didn't sleep. And so I would go over and I'd put her baby in a little jolly jumper in the front of me and I'd let her go and have a nap. My friend would go and have a bath and a nap and I would actually clear out her fridge and clean it out and make a big, huge pot of soup with everything that was fresh and in there. And she would say to me, where did you find all that stuff? And I said, it was all in your fridge. And so, you know, she didn't have any clue because of course she was sleep deprived and overwhelmed, but it is all in there, but you have to do it every week. You've got to, you've got to be on top of it. We should do that with new moms, right? We go and help each other and yes. we always end up making a soup. Totally. <laughs> you, know, you show up when you put your bovril into your purse. <laughs> and I think too, you know, like if you're a parent and you've been doing things that works well, it brings a lot of calmness in your head and your space and great, you know, keep doing what you're doing. But if you see, then you feel overwhelmed and things are all over and it's so chaotic and it's, you're feeling overwhelmed and tired. Maybe you need someone like Rowena, right? Call her, contact her, and uh, pick her brain, right? It, I think we have to know, too, when we're doing good things. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. listening to this, it can make us realize that actually we're, we're doing great. And mm-hmm. uh, a little reminder to keep the clutter down, I think, mm-hmm. it's, it's so mm-hmm. important, right? Mm-hmm. Any other tips or tricks? I'm sure that you as the listeners out there have got some great tips that you have also been implementing in your 
household because you're in it every single day. I will be adding to the Parent Talk blog and also on my blog at gettingittogether.ca. I have lots of tips there. Just keep in mind that, you know, keep the things around you that you absolutely love, need, and use. And then the rest, pass it on with love. Give it to somebody else so that it can be circulating around and, you know, what what you give out will come back to you tenfold in the end. So, Rowena, we play a little game at every episode. It's time for a conversation card. Every week we like to play a game. Not only for fun, but to get to know our guests a little more too. Nobody knows what the mystery card might ask. Sometimes silly and sometimes serious. Let's find out what it will be this week. So, Heather, can you pick a conversation card? If you could go to the Olympics in one sport, which one would you choose? Oh, I would do the one where they, it's like they fly with their skis on. Oh, you know, is it the big the jump? jump? What is that? It's like ski a big jump? ski jump. And so yeah. they, I, I watched it when they had the Olympics up at Whistler and they shimmy out on this little yeah. ledge and then they lean right over and they, you know, jump yeah. off and then they fly through the air <laughs> and they land. It just freaked me out. But if I could do that, oh, that would, that looks like it would be so much fun. Definitely exhilarating. <laughs> How about you guys? For you, Heather. I would say, I think I would like to do, even, I did it when I was little, but I would say if I got to compete in an Olympic sport, it would be figure skating. Oh, yeah. I, like oh, yeah. I just love watching it probably the I most. So. If I could pick two myself, <laughs> it would be a gymnastic. Yeah. I think it's amazing what they do. And snowboarding. Ah, nice. I competed a little bit yeah. when I was younger, so nice. I can understand. It's quite something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That concludes today's episode. And uh, thank you, Rowena, and thank you, Heather, for being here. Thank you for your contribution into other parents' lives. For our listeners, the conversation continues on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean. And you can subscribe to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Don't forget to review us. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.